0: Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost Podcasts in one feed at (laughs) lostcasts.blogspot.com. From St. Louis, Missouri... It's Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to the ABC television series, Lost, hosted from a musician's perspective by keyboardists Matt Murdoch and Leslie Sanazaro santi And now, here's Matt and Leslie. And welcome to Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to ABC Television's Lost. This is a special edition. We're just trying to clear out our feedback locker here in order to get ready for the next episode. As you know, Leslie's been away on tour. She's been in Iowa and Illinois playing some gigs, and she should be returning home soon. So we wish her a safe trip home and hope that her gigs were all well. I'm flying solo today, but just thought I would let you know that we really appreciate all of the feedback we get. We're sorry we can't get to all of it. I'm going to make an attempt to catch up on some of that right now. Also, last week, I really want to thank Jed Finley from Losties with Jed and Kara for coming on with me. It was a fantastic, fun time talking with Jed, and he brought some great points to the table. But he certainly inspired a lot of conversation between the two of us as well, and he did a fantastic job bringing all of those points to the table. I loved the Jedley section. I just thought that was awesome the way he described the shooting and everything. I wish I could explain my G Kino moments as well as he explained what's happening when you do certain types of shots and why they're done. I thought that was a fascinating piece. So thank you for adding that to the podcast. What we're gonna do in this podcast is just catch up on some of the late three words that we got because Jed and I did record on Wednesday. Which is a little earlier than I normally record, and so I wasn't able to get all of the three word submissions in. I'm going to read those down, and then I'm going to go through some emails that we received and talk about those. So stick around, here we go. Three words. Three little words And three words. I need to catch up on some tweets that we received late. Danielle 1984 says, best episode ever. Deathcathlon says, my kind of three words for this week. It's good to see you out of those chains, Richard. Samantha 739, here's my three words for lost. Light versus dark. And then that little imp says three words, God's Sucker Punch. Ouch. (laughs) Thank you very much. We also received some emails for three words. Uh, One from J. Ken N. Z. Island the Cork. M. B. The Wine. Jacob the Bottle. Bye-bye, Bottle. And then from Ye Hoat from Singapore, Richard's Everlasting Love. Scotty Six from the Top 6 in 6 Podcasts sent in these. Evil Greedy Priest. cork is Vital. And Mr. Bad from BadLostTheories.blogspot.com. That's bad with two Ds. He's so bad, he's got to have two Ds in his name. He submitted some for Ab Eternal and for Recon. For Recon first, he submitted Whip It Good from Devo. And then Ab Eternal, he submits... Time after time, and also help wanted, timekeeper. So, thanks for sending in those three words. Again, you can always submit three words to us by emailing keys to lost at gmail.com or calling 314 754 9662 or on our blog, keys We have a three word submission form off to the, one of the sidebars, and you can submit your three words from there as well anytime thanks again and we'll go on now to the feedback get my back on that whole beach issue. You should think it was a stupid idea. Well, what does that say about you agreeing with me? I have to figure out something better before we get back. Well, I'm open to suggestions. Feedback. And in feedback, well, I want to start by going over a poll that I put out recently this week. I asked everybody, uh, and this is a poll at our blog, keystoloss.blogspot.com, that you can actually still go and vote on. It doesn't close for another couple days. But what I'm asking is if my explanations of Lost Music is too technical in terms of the discussion of scales and scale steps and that, because I don't want to make it unenjoyable for anybody's enhancement in terms of listening to the music of Lost because I think Giacchino really does a fabulous job. Here's the question I asked. Is Matt too technical with explanations about Lost music? And so far, and again, you can still go to the poll and vote, but so far, 11% say yes, 27% say no, 55% say sometimes you're too technical, sometimes you're not. And 5% said something else. And I've received several comments, so I thought I'd just read through some of these. And I really appreciate your thoughts and and expressing your feelings about this subject to me. Your interpretation of the score each week is so unique that the fact that I don't understand certain technical terms, i.e. flats, measures, etc., does not take away from any of the perspective you provide. My ears, however, do understand the comparisons of themes you highlight along with the intentions of the composer. Fascinating stuff. Look forward to the segment each week. Thank you very much for that comment. The next one says, Hey Matt, I for one really love your explanations. The more music tech speak, the better. Even though I am not so musically talented, I do like to delve into music, and when you mention something I do not know, I go and educate myself, i.e. Google. It's part of your show and why I love it. Thank you again very much for that comment. And one other one. One is always lost when learning something new. That doesn't mean it should be presented in only a way people already understand. Why bother to listen if you don't want to learn? That's a good point. Thank you very much. And for those of you who think that, yes, I am sometimes too technical about the stuff, I apologize. Sometimes, for me, musical terms are the only way to explain things. I try to explain musical terms as I go, but in the interest of time, sometimes I might not explain it well enough, and I apologize for that. I'm not really trying to change what the G Kino moment is. I just was interested in your feedback as to whether it was worth listening to or not. And thank you very much for your feedback on that. Another feedback that we got in terms of tweet uh, we recently got one from Sci-Fi Horror film. I think we should protest no enhanced ep of Ab Eterno due to the return of the other show prior to this week. And that's an interesting point. You know, the thing is, for those pop-ups, this couldn't have been more convenient uh, in terms of the explanation of things or in terms of this episode because... It's not so much the why now. Uh, Scotty Six, I think recently on Losties with Jed and Kara's vidcast, said he wants to know the how. And I don't think that that's something that the producers are going to give us. I don't think that we're going to get a lot of the how. And that disappoints me a little bit, but I can understand it, because that keeps our imagination active. And uh, Abob Turno pretty much answered the why in terms of the mythology of the episode in that. But they didn't answer the how, and I think that that would be something that they would have to resort to with the pop-ups, so it's pretty convenient for them that they don't have to do it. I wouldn't protest, you know, this this is the way network television runs. If they have a show they need to run at that air slot, they've simply been capitalizing on the fact with these enhanced episodes that we love Lost and that we'll watch two hours of it as opposed to one hour of it. But if they have something new or something that they need to try... Because remember, Lost is ending this year. So they they need to keep those open slots available to see what other shows will fit in. And so you really can't blame the network for that. But thank you for the tweet. It's much appreciated. And I can understand your pain. I really can. Let's move into a few blog comments. Uh, One we received for our Ab Eterno episode... This is from bulgarian 42. I have a thought regarding the day versus night on the Black Rock. Here's how I explained it in my head. The Black Rock was not sailing towards the island. It was passing more or less alongside it, but at a distance. The storm came up much later in the day and drove it back towards the island. That's why it was sailing peacefully by early in the day, but didn't crash until night. Thank you, bulgarian 42. Uh, interesting comment. If you guys haven't heard the official Lost podcast from this week, basically what Damon and Carlton explained is that it still was daytime, but these storms come up suddenly. And if you think back to the pilot about Charlie explaining about storms coming or turning what would appear to be from day to night and then coming up suddenly, then I guess that makes sense. It it seemed awfully dark, but I'm not going to discredit it at this point. I'm kind of done with the issue. The answer is what the answer is, and it's fine. It's fine. Additionally, there was a Popular Mechanics article, which also proved my arguments about this boat not knocking the statue over wrong as well. So thanks to Popular Mechanics for providing us with a reasonable explanation as to why what we saw on the show could happen. Another blog comment, uh, actually three, and this is for our episode 50, Aohora Answers. M says, Whoa, Amy does have a passionate and fresh perspective, but I really do have trouble with people that declare their theories to be correct and the only plausible one that will be. If she is proven incorrect once the ending of the show has aired, I wonder if she'll still insist she's correct. I feel like we got the bum rush from Peppermint Patty, and I'm not feeling it. She didn't seem to let you speak, and kept saying, You know what I mean? Does that make sense? And, Okay, right? It was distracting to her points along with constantly interrupting you. Yes, the flash sideways as a dream world is possible, but I can't say I'd be able to enjoy and your joys and sufferings weren't real. They were only a way for you to grow and ultimately save either the island, everyone, or just yourself. Ending is a good one. The dot code is also an interesting theory. I'm hesitant to attribute great importance to these arrangements. Maybe I'll change my mind if it's on the DVD commentaries. Oh, and the eye color changes. I'm not convinced at all. Looking forward to your return to your regular show with you and Leslie. All right. Thank you, Extra M. Mr. Bungle says, Hi, Matt. I usually love your podcast, but had to turn off within 15 minutes of this one. Why? Because that awful Amy woman you had on this episode. She's the worst thing I've ever heard on the LPN by a vast distance. I hate people who have a heightened sense of their own importance especially one who talks as much crap as she does. She seems to confuse what is factual with what is her opinion, and belittles ridicules the opinion of anyone who disagrees with her. In short, please never invite this ghastly specimen on your podcast again, and please never let Leslie miss another show. And Mario and Philly says, "Hey, Matt, listening to you and Amy, and have to say that everything I know is wrong. Not really. But she has a wealth of ideas, and it was interesting listening to her point of view. She does tie her thoughts to specific events in the series. Everyone has their own opinions as to what is happening, and what will happen. But she definitely makes sense. There's so much going on in the show that it's never a bad thing to get someone else's insight. I'm a regular listener, but have never commented before. I'll eagerly be checking out your next podcast. Thanks. Thank you, Mario and Philly thank you all for those comments uh the only thing that i'll say is maybe amy did come across that way if you know her personally and i don't really know her all that personally but from everything with tweeting back and forth with her to having other conversations with her on other podcasts she called into our pre-premier call-in show um she really is actually a very delightful person so don't let her belief in her theory and she has a strong belief in her theory and i can't I can't disagree with you that. But don't mistake that for for some kind of arrogance, because that's really not the case as far as Amy is concerned. And I think she feels like she really needs to prove a point, which may make her come across that way. Uh, I can understand why you would think that, but I I really don't get that sense from her at all, personally. Needless to say, Leslie is back this week. We're going to be back to our regular format. And I don't have any plans to schedule Amy on for any future podcasts. But I did feel, you know, she's a person who has a theory that's kind of unique and kind of interesting, and I didn't know how much exposure her theory had had. I know she had been on the Donald is Lost podcast before, but I thought uh, I would just let her voice what she thought she was getting as answers out of Season 6 to kind of follow up on the podcast that she did with Donald. So thanks for listening. Thank you for your comments. Moving on to another blog comment, this one from Recon. Lottery Ticket says, Hey Matt, just adding that I think the birth on the sub has nothing in it. It has been prepared to take on smock or bin. That's my crackpot theory and I'm sticking to it. Enjoy the last panel of the J and Jack 30-hour Autism Speaks podcast. Thank you, Lottery Ticket. And that's a very interesting theory. I hadn't thought about it being the other way. Not, it's not as to be something that's keeping anything in right now, but as something that is supposed to hold something later on. Very good. I, I, I like that thought a lot. As far as the Jay and Jack panel goes, uh, yeah, that was a blast. You know, Heath and Axel did such a fantastic job hosting that little segment, and it was such a privilege to be a part of that. Jay and Jack do so much for Autism Speaks, and you really have to commend them for taking their time to plan that kind of event because, you know, more than just the 30 hours that they put into being at the event, there was months and months of planning, and, and they do this every year, and they do a fantastic job. And if you want to go to jandjack.com, I think you can still donate to Autism Speaks through their website. So be sure to check that out, jandjack.com. And now let's move on to some emails. This first one is from Methodic John. Uh, The subject is Richard and Desmond's similarities. He asked, was it on your podcast you were talking about Desmond not needing redemption or killing anyone? He did. Kelvin, accidentally, just like Richard did. Is he the next Richard. If not, sorry, good similarity though. Right, that wasn't our podcast, Methodic John, but I thank you for that email, because it brings up something that I hadn't really thought of, and that's the comparisons of Desmond and Richard. And yes, they both did accidentally kill someone pretty much in the same method, pushing them backwards, them striking their head and dying. So it was another mirrored moment. I don't know if that necessarily means that Desmond is directly going to be the next Richard, but it is uh, definitely a comparable moment in terms of what we like to call mirror images. Nancy Drew has coined the phrase from the Black Rock Podcast, is called a mirror image. So thanks for that email. Mr. Bad sends in a email, and this is a really long email, so I've taken it and I've put it up on our blog at keys to loss.blogspot.com so that it can be read. I'm not going to read through the whole email with all of the instances. But you can also find, he said he was going to put a post up at badlosttheories.blogspot.com. That's B-A-D-D, theories at blogspot.com. He says, thanks for supporting Autism Speaks. Great job on the late, late, late shift. Hope you're fully recovered. Leslie, excellent podcast with Ched and Kara. Hope your tour went well. Matt seemed so down about not getting answers, I thought I would drop him a line with some of those crazy associations I saw in this amazing episode. I think it's full of answers that will incrementally become unveiled in remaining episodes. My first thought, wow, what a great episode. Nestor was amazing. One of the best performances ever, and a great scene with M.I.B. and Jacob, not to mention that heartbreaking redemption scene at the end with Richard, Isabella, and Hurley wanted to pass on some observations of a religious bent regarding the Bible verse that Richard was reading when the priest entered his cell. I will post it on my blog, but just wanted to pass on some thoughts while you were rehashing Abba Terno, and it was fresh in your minds. I initially loved this episode, but didn't see that it provided many answers. I have since come to reconsider that initial thought as being a bit over hasty. I think there are many, many answers that will be uncovered and revealed. But here are some information and interpretation on just the fleeting glimpse of Richard's Bible. All right, uh, again, I'm not going to go over all of those instances, but I have read it, and it's very interesting stuff, Mr. Bad. Thank you very much for passing it on. Again, you can find Mr. Bad's full post on our blog keys or you can go over to his blog, bad Lost Theories. That's bad with two D's, badlosttheories.blogspot.com. Thank you very much, Mr. Bad, for that email. A guy from Toronto sends in an email saying, Hey Matt, I enjoy your contribution to the Lost Network and love that you, Heath and Donald have started this roundtable on Lost. I was listening to your last one and some things came to mind. Someone was questioning Jacob's intentions, i.e. bringing people to the island to die. Do you think in the flash sideways we are going to see everyone die? Do you think Jacob sees death in the near future for all the candidates and so he brings them to the island because they were going to die anyway? Jacob knew if the plane landed, these people would have all eventually died. For instance, Rose having cancer. Jacob is extending their lives. Hope that makes sense. It's like the concept of the movie Millennium, if you have ever seen the movie. A plane is about to crash, and people are taken off before the plane goes down and brings them to an alternate universe. P.S. Love your work with Jed and Kara, and you and Leslie Sonazero make a great team. It's weird how a TV show has brought so many people together that would have never met if this show didn't exist. That is for sure on that last thought. Now, as for your thought about Jacob bringing them from the X timeline to the island timeline in order to keep them from dying, uh, that's an interesting theory. Uh, I don't have any way to prove it one way or the other at this point. I haven't seen anything that would indicate that. But then again, I haven't seen anything that wouldn't indicate it, so I'm glad you presented that theory to us, and I just presented it to everybody who's listening. Thanks a lot. It's a neat thought. This next email comes from Gohex the Wolf, and he's talking about the possibility of Jacob and MIB being brothers. In every scene in which Jacob and MIB talk to each other, there doesn't seem to be much anger between them considering their background. It seems more like a respect for one another. Their relationship seems a lot more deep-rooted than just two guys that met one day and began hating one another. I think the two are brothers and their conflict began at the death of their crazy mother. The bloody kid from the jungle could be Jacob from when this conflict first began and the blood from their mother. Why else would a small kid bother a man as old as MIB? I don't have an explanation yet for all the magic and ancient history of this story. But I have a good feeling that this is the relationship we've been wondering about M.I.B. and Jacob. Do you guys have any theories where the conflict started between them? I, I kind of saw Abba as being a little bit different interpretation myself. I don't see them as brothers. I see Jacob as being someone that is totally different from M.I.B. Jacob is someone who is meant to contain M.I.B. He's a zookeeper of sorts, I guess you would say and MIB is the thing that's being kept in the cage, and all Jacob does is keep the keys. He maintains the island, protects it so that it can't be destroyed or whatever that would allow MIB to be freed. As to them having an actual physical relationship or a family kind of tie, I suppose it's possible, but then you would almost have to put Jacob into another space of something that is just a manifestation of pure good, and I don't think that we've seen that either. So I'm I'm not sure exactly what they're going for here yet, but hopefully we will get the answer before the end of the season. Thanks, Go Hexawolf. An email now from Saeed's girl. Uh, as far as recon, no hate. Hi, Matt and Leslie. I never listened to podcasts until this season. I found yours and several others while I was listening to the Lost Lostaholics rewatch during the hiatus. I wasn't going to listen to yours at first because I don't know a lot about music, but I decided to give it a try. I'm glad I did. You guys are great. I wish I had started listening to all the great podcasts I found from the beginning. It's a great community. I know this is a little late, but I wanted you to know, Matt, that I felt the same way about Recon as you did. I didn't hate it, but it was the same as what Kate does. It didn't tell me anything I didn't already know about the character in The Flash Sideways, except that instead of being a con man, he is now a cop. I look at it as a setup for the next six-episode arc, On the Island. Thanks for giving me perspective on Kate's reaction to MIB's treatment of Claire. Didn't think of her abusive background. Enjoyed your guest hosts you've had recently. I'll probably be adding some more podcasts to my list. Thanks to both of you for a great podcast. From Saeed's Girl. Thank you, Saeed's Girl. I appreciate that very much, and I'm sure Leslie will appreciate it. She was kind of the one that brought up the whole thing about Kate and her abusive background and why she might have reacted to MIB in that way. Yeah, I, I'm i not going to say any more about Recon. It, it wasn't a great episode, in my opinion, certainly not one of the best of the season, even. I can only hope that after Abaterno that we're on the cusp of, of several great episodes... And uh, hopefully that includes several great uh, Flash Sideways episodes as well, so that they can drive home some kind of point as to where it's going and what it's about. This next email comes from Scotty Six uh, regarding Richard's theme. And I just spoke to Scotty Six on the Lost Revisited Now Bunny Awards podcast, which was recorded on Sunday night. Uh, It's a fabulous podcast where Miss Wendy makes some categories and we all decide what best scene or best line or most funny moment fits those categories. And we did it for episodes one to six of season six, the first act, if you will. And we gave our awards. It features uh, Donald from Donald's Law, Scotty from the Top Six and Six podcast, and uh, myself, and of course, Heath and Miss Wendy from The Lost Revisited Now. So be sure to subscribe to The Lost Revisited Now and check out their Bunny Awards podcast, which I believe is episode 96 on The Lost Revisited Now. Here's Scotty's email. Hey Matt, the beginning of Richard's theme seems so familiar to me, and I couldn't place it until after listening to your G Kino moment this week. If you have it, search on iTunes, take a listen to the cue titled A Window to the Past from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban score by John Williams. All right. So I did this, Scotty, and I did listen to it, and you're right that the first three intervals of that melody are exactly the same. There is a difference, however, where the melody starts in terms of the key center. And what I mean by that is in terms of the Harry Potter one, the melody sequence starts actually on the tonic or the root or what would be the first note of that scale whereas Richard's sequence starts on what would be the fifth note of the scale or sometimes referred to as the fifth so let me play this for you on the piano Richard's theme and I'll play this little cut from the prisoner of Azkaban score by John Williams So yes, that melodic riff is the same. It's just where it's placed uh, makes it not exactly the same. Uh, again, in terms if we were in the key of C, the window f- to the past theme starts on a C, whereas the Richard theme starts on a G. So thanks a lot for that thought. Let's move on to Scotty Six's other email regarding the butterfly. He says, love the podcast, guys. Do we think there's any relation of the butterfly to the bird? or, my crackpot, the fly buzzing around during the orientation of the newcomers in Namaste. Hadn't really thought about any of that, Scotty. It's uh, something that uh, I'm not sure could be proven one way or the other. I don't think there's enough time to answer those kinds of things. I've, I've in the past gotten a little too detail-oriented uh, myself, and I'm going to try and step back and see the forest from now on, rather than just looking at the trees, because uh, I think the forest is really all we're going to get from here on out, to be honest. Finally, I have an email from Jan Davis, and that is from Camp Erdman. If you don't know what Camp Erdman is, that is the YMCA camp that is in Hawaii, where they film the Dharma Village locations shoots. And uh, we are currently starting their uh, annual support campaign. And Jan writes... I am writing in hopes you will make a donation to our 2010 Strong Community Annual Support Campaign. Our summer resident camp program gives children and teens the chance to leave home and make new friends on their own, to unplug and gain an appreciation for the outdoors, to learn from adult role models, strengthen values, and learn to take risks in a safe setting, especially true of our Ropes Challenge course. Our own experience, as well as national research, tells us, that those who participate in residence camps have a greater chance for success in life. Camp Erdman also provides much support to our military families stationed here. We hold military camps and family camps where kids and parents have fun and forget about the stresses of the real world for a while, and parents returning from tour have a chance to integrate in a more light-hearted way. Through our environmental education, leadership, team building, and conference groups programs, we serve thousands of children and adults. These programs provide our islands, schools, churches, organizations, businesses, and military opportunities to develop relationships, learn about the environment, enhance leadership skills, and allows them a great time and a positive memory that they can have for a lifetime. All of these programs provide great value to our community and most often provide positive life-changing impacts. This is especially true for disadvantaged children teens and families, as it is, this campaign provides financial aid for those families who struggle financially to participate in these programs. If you are able to and willing to support this important fundraising effort, please go to this link, firstgiving.com slash YMCA Jan Davis, or feel free to send a check directly to the camp at the address below. Mahalo and thank you in advance for your support. And that's to Jan Davis at the YMCA Camp Erdman, 69-385 Farrington Highway, Waialua, Hawaii, 96791. Or you can call 808-637-4615. Or you can visit www.camperdman.net. And the only reason that I chose to read that email is, of course, as some of you may know or you may not know, last fall I got a chance to go to... Hawaii. Uh, I went for my 40th birthday, and I got to surf on my 40th birthday, which was nice. But I also got to visit a lot of places where Lost is filmed. And one of the places, of course, again, is Camp Erdman. This is where they filmed the Dharma Village, the Others Village. And I found out that it was a great YMCA establishment that has so many programs helping so many kids. And I would really encourage you, if you have just a minute, I know that we just all came off the Jay and Jack podcast donating to Autism Speaks, but at least visit Camperdman.net and check it out and see if it's worth lending some of your support to because a lot of the programs that they do do for kids and families is absolutely wonderful. And, uh, you know, it's supporting a place that supported Lost. So that's one reason why I donate every year now, and I'm very happy to say that I do. So that should take care of all of the emails that we have. I'll be back for some closing thoughts here in a moment. In the meantime, enjoy this cut from Leslie Sanazaro santi and the cut is for you from her album On Your Root. closing thoughts. And for some just real quick closing thoughts, just a couple of reminders, and that is that the initial reaction for the West Coast that is hosted by Donald is lost this week. You can find at Talk shoe probably right around 1:15 a.m. Eastern time will get started. That's uh, the same as 1015 on the West Coast. And I'll have some, hopefully some news about uh, some other developments for the podcast coming up within the next couple of weeks. I've been working with someone in order to make the web experience for Keys to Lost a little better. And I'll be happy to announce that once it's ready to go. And after that, I suppose there's nothing else to say except... Leslie and I will return to our regular format this week. She'll be back from her touring. Leslie, hope you had a great time, and we'll see you next time. Until then, stay lost. Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.